0: Nachos, Amigos! Welcome back to another episode of the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. I am PD Rave. Here with me is, of course, my friend, my cohort, my partner in crime, none other than DJM David Jeffrey Majors. How are you doing, DJM?
1: Tea and toast, Fanny Pack Re- fans. It is the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. I'm stuttering through the intro because I didn't have one prepared. But we've got a good show up line for you. Petey, do me a favor. While I get myself in order, introduce our guests. Mm-hmm.
0: First of all, we have uh, one of our returning champions, uh, one of our favorite people on the uh, on the show, uh, uh, my co-host on the Record Breakers uh, music podcast, the one, the only, Patty McSwag, a.k.a. Patrick Swagger.
2: Okay, How are you doing, lighter. Patty? I know it's not the music podcast, but it seemed appropriate somehow. Mm -hmm. So I'm waving this lighter in the air. I'm doing dandy. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about some
0: wrestling. Yes. Uh, And who else do we got, DJM?
1: Uh, On this episode, we have uh, a friend of mine from the frickin' awesome network forums. He is the host of the Ruthless Aggression podcast. The one, the only. Give it up, Hawkamaniacs, for the one and only... Hawkeye Jefferson. Hawk, sir, welcome back to Fanny Pack.
3: Good evening, Hawkamaniacs. How are we doing, guys?
0: We we are doing good. We're excited because uh, we have a couple of our favorite people uh, on the show. and We're going to talk about something that I'm going to get a chance to share with. Uh, so as we've been doing the uh, awesome series... Uh, DJM has been able to kind of uh, teach, I think, me a little bit as well, even though I've, I've been uh, bought in, but teach all of us a little bit of kind of the, the best of the best in indie wrestling and partly through his history of the fan, of his fandom. Uh, this time, as kind of my little contribution to the Awesome Series, I get to share a little bit of my history uh, in my fandom, and, uh, and that is with a major league wrestling so as uh, some of you may know, I am a South Floridian. I'm a resident of Miami, Florida, the 305, uh, as it will. Uh, and a South Floridian, oddly enough, you would think I'm a Floridian and I would have a lot of wrestling at my disposal at any given time throughout the 2000s. Not quite. Uh, when ECW ended and you know, WWE was going through its uh, mid-2000s stuff, uh, early mid two thousands stuff, I didn't have much that wasn't, you know, the Big E. Uh, I didn't have anything until I discovered on the Sunshine Network a little promotion cut by the name of Major League Wrestling. Uh, I've told the story before that uh, I what I saw was familiar. I saw VHS quality of footage of wrestling and Joey Styles was talking, and I was like, I know this. <laughs> this is this is familiar. Uh, and I started watching it and it, it was a big part of what I had at the, my disposal. Uh, and of course now we have an event of the, you know, our buddies, Co- Co- our, you know, the guy Court Bauer still holds the tapes and is still managing the tapes. Uh, so they went ahead, uh, major League wrestling. They're now a podcast. Uh, they went ahead and put on their YouTube, a full event, a uh, summer apocalypse two K three, uh, with a whole bunch of familiar names, uh, And and I have to ask you, DJM, what expectations did you have when I just told you that uh, I was going to have us watch something from Major League Wrestling?
1: When you told me that it was an MLW show, I was very, very intrigued. Because uh, this was around the time of the early 2000s. This was after the the post-apocalypse of wrestling, where WCW folded, ECW had folded, TNA hadn't really quite caught off, gotten off the ground yet, and the indie scene was still only kind of formulating and germinating. Ring of Honor, CZW, Chikara—they were all only just kind of beginning to show some growth. Uh, and down in Florida, you had Major League Wrestling. Uh, I knew at the time that they had some some indie names that I had immediately recognized, and they also had some some ECW guys. I knew that Joey Styles had been on the commentary so that that I had thought was cool at the time and also Satoshi Kojima strangely enough was there uh, I remember when I was only just beginning to get into the indie scene always reading results about these indie shows seeing names like Samoa Joe and American Dragon Amazing Red and the Maximos and, and CM Punk and Raven, who we'll get into later, and strangely Satoshi Kojima uh, mixing it up <laughs> with the likes of Shane Douglas Steve Carino it, it was it was interesting, it was this weird little mix of the indies and what had then been known as kind of the post-ECW ECW
0: yeah and, uh,
1: and I have to I'm, ask you guys I, I wanted to yeah. see how this turned out
0: I to, I'll go with uh, Swagger. What, what, what were your expectations? What did you uh, think when you were about to start this up?
2: So I, I went in with basically nothing and just watched this match by match from you know the beginning, not really looking at who I was about to see until a match started. You know, making a quick note, okay, whoever versus whoever. So I have some sort of organization. I went in knowing nothing. I mean, this is from after I got out of my childhood love of wrestling. Which was I, you know, I sort of started dropping off as WCW sort of failed, and only you know to have you and and Deej get me back into it. My bad. Uh, uh, it's it's okay. I forgive you. Um, so I like there's some familiar names here. Having gone through it, you know. I saw a match, CM Punk and Raven. That's an interesting one to me, just cause I I'm
1: gonna talk about that later.
2: Uh, there's yeah, yes. we, there's things to be said, but from a from a billing perspective, that is that is a thing. And there was some uh some some old men yes. were in there, and I, I have mixed feelings about the old man match, which oh, is oh, also, ever so also, popular I to, today. I have so. to say
1: one thing about all of this. Mm-hmm. This was a show in the Indies in the early two thousands. So many pleather pants.
0: <laughs> oh yes, the pleather shorts and the
1: pleather
2: yes. pants and so many classic pleather, indie, no, classic so many pleather indie. pants and so many new metal intros. Yes, like everybody walks onto a fucking corn song with down tuned guitars. It's
0: awful. <laughs> yes, uh, Hawk, I have to ask you, what what expectations did you have uh coming into an MLW match? I know you know of Court Bauer and the LAW crew.
3: Yeah, I was about to say, um. Seen some MLW in the past, not a full show until now. But, uh, you know, I was somewhat familiar with the product, uh, kind of that it's, I don't know, a ECW late era, early ROH era, kind of crossbreed promotion style. You know, so I was kind of expecting something along those lines. And, well, that's really what we got. So, <laughs> expectations yeah. met
0: yes good to know uh and yeah let's start this off uh the first match that you get uh you get b-boy of all people b-boy yes, and yes who
1: who i always described as the more athletic but less charismatic version of homicide
0: exactly <laughs>
1: b-boy Ta-teaming and no sour wrong guy yes, well, yes no
0: Yes. Uh taking on uh the team of Joel and Jose Maximo, the Maximos or otherwise known as the SAT, the Spanish announced table. The uh Maximos. one of the best names in wrestling. Yes. Oh, oh,
1: early 2000s indies. Oh, the, the Maximos <laughs> and the Spanish Fly. Which, by the way, everyone out there, the Spanish Fly was like the the more bang for your buck of 2002 and, and 2003. It was just, it was the move. And uh, yes, yeah. uh, so also good. named for
3: a product just, to give you boners. So just, yeah. all, just
1: all put sorts that of that out there. All sorts of indie fan service. Also,
0: oh, Sandy Fan Service. I think that, that, what kind of context could we give this match and these guys? DJM?
1: it's it's for me, it's just kind of a, a giant nostalgia trip. Seeing Nosawa, is Japanese wrestler who has his own comedy promotion. Is a, a fairly reputable star in Mexico. Uh, got arrested. Uh, is a is a fairly major star in All Japan Pro Wrestling got arrested again, Uh, for some reason is ICP's favorite Japanese wrestler. somehow? because he's been arrested
3: so many times.
1: (laughs) Somehow with ICP, he hasn't been arrested, strangely enough. And again, B-Boy, fairly athletic, pretty good, rocking the classic indie wrestling pleather shorts, and the Maximos, Joel and Jose, just... This was just wonderful indie wrestling for its time. Just, just
0: great. Yeah. I don't know if uh, Hawk, what did you think of, the, of this uh, match and this event as it, as it started, once it got going?
3: I uh, Actually, I really liked this match. Uh, it was really fast-paced, really well-worked action. Um, pretty much the perfect way to open this show, in my opinion. And like DJM was saying, it was a huge nostalgia trip as a guy that's seen a lot of early 2000s indies. Yeah, it was uh, it was a fun match to watch, definitely.
1: All this was missing was uh the SAT's cousin, Amazing Red.
3: Yeah.
1: Who I think was in guy the by this time.
0: Yeah, probably. Uh <clears throat> and they already had a WWE guy and I imagine they weren't they weren't, you know, gonna be crossing the streams that way. Uh but yeah, it was a fun, like, opening match, a nice little tag team action. Uh Swagger, what did you think of uh this opening contest and how it got started?
2: I wasn't in love with the opening, but as it got go, uh, you, you see, the problem with Japanese wrestlers in American wrestling is usually what they are are really, really technically sound, but have a really hard time translating a personality to an American audience. Nosawa does not have that problem. He oh. has more personality, I think, than any like Japanese domestic wrestler brought to America. To, to you know do his thing Um, the the wrestler hair on Los Maximos was intense they had super wrestler hair like the sort of slightly molledy greasy wrestler hair that only only a wrestler would wear I think I think anyone else would do something else with it
0: the mulatino was strong with them
2: Yes, and and I will agree. The Spanish Fly is one of the best tag team finishers I've ever seen. Like I think the comparisons to more bang for your buck are are appropriate, and that this might actually, in some ways, be better. Yeah, uh,
0: it was uh, just a great trip back uh, to to right. some great t- early 2000s uh indie wrestling with the pleather shorts, the Spanish Fly, the tag team mm-hmm. wrestling, the hair, the. Cre- yeah, the hair. Joey, uh, the Styles, music. On
1: Joey, Joey Styles.
0: Styles on commentary. Joey Styles on commentary, and uh, the the beauty of Joey Styles on commentary back then, like, uh, you know, there's a reason uh to be nostalgic about that because that was just so much fun. Like, it he was. Able I, I, I to just be... wanna, I
1: just wanna make sure you guys all watched the the original <sighs> incarnation of ECW. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, very little because despite the fact that I live in Pennsylvania and I'm like three and a half hours from the ECW arena I also live somewhere that has had awful cable services for years Uh, I've seen glimpses of it I've seen a lot of those guys shortly after it I've watched stuff more recently that was from then but I did not get to see the wonder that was ECW I knew it existed but like you had to have satellite TV to get it here because I live in Pennsylvania
0: yeah, I, I, you know, I had it on again the Sunshine Network at three o'clock in the morning. I had hardcore TV, and then of course TNN. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, it was the greatness object. Yeah, did you Hawkeye? You had ECW, I assume, back in the day.
3: Oh yeah, I've seen fucking absurd amounts of ECW. <laughs> yes, of course. Like...
1: Uh... So, so you appreciate that Joey Styles was fantastic. Oh Joey
2: yeah, Styles and it's.
3: It's actually it's a good thing that Joey Styles was good on commentary on this show because he was just about the only goddamn thing you could hear through most of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you <could>. that that <laughs> really that really hurts when when you see CM Punk has the microphone and you want to hear what he has to say.
2: It was 2003. I get that the video is not gonna look great. You know, the Canon 7D was years away from happening. But seriously, like get a sound guy, like one kid who knows how his soundboard works, and you'd be this sad.
1: Was, this this was d- this was dark, dark times in the wrestling world. <laughs> just
3: tape a microphone to a stick and pay a hobo to stand outside the ring and just hold uh, it up. Uh, above.
1: Honestly, for its time, this was probably one of the better looking indies. Yes, probably <laughs> about average sounding. Oh. Uh,
0: I mean, you could certainly hear the the sound effects uh, before the match. Definitely hear those. Oh, my God. That might have contributed (laughs) to not be able to hear anything after after it, but you can certainly hear those sound effects.
2: (laughs) The sound effects that sound like they were created in a freaking Nintendo 64. (laughs) (laughs) But that was
0: 2003.
2: (laughs) Oh, how far we've come. Uh, Oh, Windows Movie Maker.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, to moving on to the next match, a singles contest. Uh, interesting pair of guys. That it, it's hard to place now, but a uh, guy by the name of Mana. No, not the uh, Mexican uh, rock band. Uh, the wrestler uh, taking on Richard J. Criado. Um, DJM, are you aware of these these guys? These uh, guys. I think was Mana was may have been familiar. Uh but Richard J. I, I think, I
1: collection of I think Mana might have been in a tag team with one of the other yes. members of the Samoan SWAT team. Well, not not the Samoan SWAT team, their their cousins. Is, Three minute warning. Uh other than that yeah. Really,
0: no. Yeah, not that, now that I recall, yeah. I I'd caught myself looking him up and saw that he'd like he hooked up with some of the Samoans, though he's not technically Samoan. Uh but he's Samoan enough. He's close. He comes from some island over there, and he's fat, so <laughs> it counts.
1: Well, I wouldn't yeah, go so, so far cool. as to call the brother fat. I mean, he's got a weight problem, but what, what's he gonna do? He's Samoan. Well,
0: kind of, kind of.
2: He's kind of Samoan. He can half work Samoan. out then. And by New Zealand by, by Samoan, they mean he's from New Zealand, which is, exactly. I mean, it's in the correct that. corner of the <laughs> world, enough. but it's it's probably in probably a thirteen-hour plane flight away. You wouldn't want to headbutt him
0: either way. <laughs> No, don't. Never had. One uh,
1: but yeah, this this was a squash that happened.
0: Yeah. Yes, and it was kind of a, it was fun for and what it was.
1: I'll say that as far as Mana goes, nobody really knows where he is, and that's really not that surprising.
2: Yeah. He he had a lot of anger and energy and a whole lot of skill and and like some of them big guys are amazing technical wrestlers and do really cool things in the ring this guy was just angry he was athletic Mm -hmm. and he was angry but he was not much of a wrestler hawk did you have any thoughts on this match
3: um i noticed that joey styles just did not give a shit during this match like (laughs) every line of commentary was not at all related to what was happening exactly and it was pretty
0: wonderful Yes, uh, that's why we love Joey Styles. But moving on to somebody we care about, uh, Jimmy Yang or Woo! Jimmy Yang. If you want to pronounce Yang it time. Yang, Yang Jimmy. time, bitches. Hyung, Young dragon. Uh, uh, taking on Sanjay Dutt. Uh, I will add the one note. player think,
1: from the Himalaya.
0: Exactly. This is I. So again, this is me sharing my. Experience with uh inter- with uh independent wrestling, my wrestling fandom. This is definitely this was the first time I got to experience Sanjay Dutt, and and honestly, probably one of the first times anybody got to experience Sanjay Dutt. Uh, it's one of the I think it, it's listed on his Wikipedia as one of the his moments where he kind of really uh put himself on the map with actually this match. It was on his Wikipedia. It says so, and uh I. I it, it was it was a fun experience and it's been a long journey with me and Sanjay Dutt uh, and of course also another note uh, I don't know if I knew it before but this was definitely um, this might have been the first time I found out that Jimmy Yang was Korean.
1: Yes, yes, he is. Uh, uh, he, he's Korean American. American. Uh, he was ambiguously Asian in WCW as part of the Young Dragons. Uh, At this time, I think Jimmy Yang was working for All Japan Pro Wrestling semi-full-time because he did not get picked up uh, in the buyout of WCW, so he, he went over to Japan and was doing pretty well over there, and then we get to see young Sanjay Dutt, we see young Sanjay Dutt who is just awesome, and this is probably the match that got him signed by TNA and as part of the exhibition. So, yeah. I, I loved everything about this. Jimmy Yang was always a favorite of mine back then, and he's... He was good. Uh, Sanjay really showed what he was all about, and this was this was just great. Uh, Hawkeye, uh, Sanjay Dutt and Jimmy Yang. Uh...
3: This actually may have been my favorite match on the show uh, just because it reminded me so much of something you would see kind of during the glory days of WCW's cruiserweight division. Just a lot of really oh, fantastic yeah. action with some really great spots worked in, And it wasn't just a collection of spots. These were two guys that actually knew how to work the psychology of the match. But uh, I will say one thing. I think Kevin Nash may have been onto something looking at Sanjay at this point. Because he was definitely looking just a bit uh, bigger than usual.
0: <laughs> just a little bit bigger.
1: No, Sanjay that's, a tremendous. That was shame. definitely the, the biggest I'd ever seen with Sanjay, so uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Sanjay is. Da- mm-hmm. uh, swag,
0: what did you think of uh, Sanjay Dutton's Jimmy Young?
2: So, it's Sanjay. Yay. So every time I see sanjay Dutton in a thing i i i kick, I ask myself why is this guy not on Monday night every week? He is amazing
1: because he was on Thursday nights for a very, very long time,
2: which i it sounds like you just once you're there, you never get out unless you're you know one of like three people who then probably don't really go anywhere when they switch over. He would have like i think it just to me he would have owned w c w cruiserweights he would have been like one of the best they had there at that time, and it would have been amazing. Uh, and when when
1: TNA did their promotion in India, Rinka King, Sanjay almost in no time became their top star. Uh, Sanjay, as as appropriate as this might seem, was huge in India whenever <laughs> TNA was going yeah. So yes, of course. What are the odds? And, what are the odds? Everyone here knows he's awesome. And there was, as as Kyle's buddy, Matthew would always say, Sanjay deserves better. And and yes. he, he always I think that's,
2: did. That's what I'm saying. Uh there was at some point there was a tilt a whirl something that turned into like a hurricanana and it was the most amazing thing ever. And Jimmy Yang gets a hundred points for making Sanjay look unbelievably good. Yeah, I think that okay, it wow. was a really good match of trying to Debut someone who had an immense amount of talent, and put him with someone who had some experience who could really do it. And also,
1: props to Sanjay for dancing to the ring because he's always had that music that works that way.
2: Yeah, it's he's always
1: just, had very music.
0: Yeah, he was—he was always a, a fun guy that to, to kind of uh, watch come into the ring. Like uh, he was. Always just,
1: and he did like, the sprinkler too. So this was like full on 100% Sanjay Dutt, like on every exactly.
0: level. This is the guy I was friends with uh, that I, I friended on MySpace. You know, <laughs> this was the hilarious dude I friended on MySpace. Uh, this was Sanjay Dutt at his at his best. Uh, and, and yeah, some fantastic action. You go to some uh, cruiserweights too. Uh, now we get into the this is what's left over from ECW aspects of this promotion with but not 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 necessarily in a bad way uh, with Mikey Whipreck, of course accompanied by the Sinister Minister, Minister uh, otherwise known as James Mitchell uh, the one and only or James Taking Vandenberg
1: on... if you're a WCW fan
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking on Tony Mama Luke, or Tony Luke as he was in TNA for a while because they couldn't get the Tony Mama Luke name. Tony uh, Luke. <laughs> This is ridiculous. Uh, just a couple ACW guys kind of going toe-to-toe. Uh, and, did, they... oh, did,
1: did those fans in the crowd get every chant they could out of their system? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were allowed to pretend that they could squint their eyes really hard and pretend it was ECW for a few minutes.
0: Yes, uh, and it was. I imagine it was a glorious moment for them. Uh, I'll go with you, uh, Pat. What did you think of this contest? Uh,
2: I I thought the highlight, and this is, it was a, it was a super attitude era kind of wrestling match. Like everything was outside the ring, and and you know, hardcore in in quotes, without being like the bloodbath that you know eventually it turned into. It was it was that but the the announcers made the match, Joy Styles i uh, you know, I understand why you guys speak with speak about him with such reverence. He is one of the best commentators in the biz, and he kind of made this one the 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 match itself to me was kind of they, they kind of what it was him,
1: they had tagged him to be Jim Ross's replacement, but Vince McMahon
2: decided to be
1: stupid,
0: yes as he is wont to do. But, but it yeah, was, as you were saying, Pat.
2: I, I, like I said, I think the announce the announcing made the match. It was, uh, I, I have to say, this is the, like the first time I can like think of uh, me seeing the Sinister Ministry, even though I've probably seen him somewhere else under some other name, under some similar gimmick. He has maybe the best facial hair I've ever seen anywhere. Like he's Just got like pointy mean, eyebrows it's and the eyebrows. Beard. It's the eyebrows. That it's does it. it's amazing. Like that guy. I wonder what he does in his day to day life that actually, allows him if, to. Look if I in remember such correctly,
1: if I remember correctly, he. Uh, and this is so pro wrestling. I actually believe he runs a karaoke bar. Well, yes, <laughs> That's we gotta go. What is? I will go uh, there. Uh, also, Pedro, I believe. I believe he's based out of Florida. What? <laughs> that
0: would be. Hilarious. Everybody get on guess an airplane. Geez. This is a guest nice. made. We would do uh, some uh, keep that as we speak. Road trips, yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, Hawkeye, what, what, were you as impressed about uh, with uh, James Mitchell's eyebrows?
3: That was actually going to be my big highlight of this match for me was uh, getting to see Jim Mitchell's eyebrows again. Uh other than that, it's you know, like was said a few minutes ago, it was basically just a lot of uh hey, we're gonna do some brawling, then here's a couple of spots and here's his fucking eyebrows and there's the finish. Have fun. Yeah. Remember ECW? Yeah, remember people? ECW? Check these guys out. They were fucking there. Be happy.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Be happy. And we now we move something. on from we move on from ECW to Jersey All Pro Wrestling.
0: Yes, Jersey All Pro Wrestling. Uh, No
1: disrespect to Jersey All Pro though. I like Jersey All Pro. Exactly. It's just that they have their own style.
0: Uh, We have again B Boy doing double duty again. Doing double duty. Uh, When when you got a guy that can work, you you use them. Uh, B Boy teaming up with Monster Mac, uh, taking notably
1: of the Hit Squad. Yes. Ah, the Hit Squad. Again d- oh so so much <laughs> early two thousands indie nostalgia. Yeah, Constance the Samoan
0: McDonnell Island squad. tribe, Ekmo and Samu.
1: <laughs> Ekmo and uh, Samu, the Samoan Island tribe, aka three minute warning. Mm-hmm. the,
0: they, the they younger brothers in
1: the Samoan SWAT team.
0: Yeah. Uh Falls Count anywhere and uh they definitely uh, went everywhere. Uh, well, at least they fairly went around a lot of the places, uh, and they got a little crazy. Mobility. Yes, uh, they they did a lot of brawling. I, don't, I have to ask you, Hawk, what what did you think of this tag team action? You... It
3: was it was fun in a crash TV style sort of way. Like it really was just like here's four guys throwing shit at each other. This is enjoy this, and that's, yeah. I mean, that was fun for what it that's was. That's a lot.
1: With, you get that a lot with Monster Mac. There's a lot of that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, as soon as I heard, it's like, oh, Monster Max in this match? Okay, let's not expect a whole lot. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we got this brawl that was actually somewhat enjoyable, so uh
2: well,
1: he, had, he had, best. He had three really talented guys around he him. He did. So... Yeah, and
3: yeah, it was it was good to see uh good to see the Samoans on this card actually because they were I always felt they were a team that didn't get uh, the legs under them that they should have in WWE.
1: Well, this is they had ended up in WWE at the time where tag team wrestling was dead and it really hadn't picked up in the Indies yet at this time, so they were kind of excuse the term on an island in a lot of ways. <laughs> So, but yeah, it was great to see, see those guys too.
0: Yeah, it was it was an odd time for them. Uh Pat, what did you think of this this melee I,
2: I, I wouldn't it was it was the longest squash match I've ever seen. Because <laughs> it was there was maybe eight seconds of total offense between Monster Mac and B Boy. And and like B Boy's pretty okay and Monster Mac's a guy who wrestles. Um <laughs> Who I've not seen before, but now I can tell from everyone. He's a guy who wrestles, um, and the Small Island
1: Russells. Tribe wrestles
2: a guy who, um, basically the whole match to me was made by the top rope, top rope frog splash through a table, which was freaking terrifying. That guy yes. is I'm a big <laughs> dude, and he is me plus one of you, big, and yeah. he and- top roped. And he did not break anyone's neck.
3: Yes. Like, I'm pretty sure b Boy is smaller than me, which is something that I thought was impossible until watching this show. And uh just the fact that he wasn't broken in two mm-hmm. is something to be applauded. Part of me is
2: hearing hearing Jim Ross, oh my god, he broke him in half. Like that yeah. it, was, it was It was it was that kind of a moment. The rest of it was just two very large men throwing two much smaller men around in a in an arena air quotes yeah around arena yeah.
0: around the barn <laughs> <laughs> of some kind a very large barn uh but yeah, it's some tight team action good to see the Samoans do well uh and and kind of you know have a little fun, but now we move on to uh we get to share. This is when Petey was aware of the existence of CM Punk. He was made aware of the existence of CM Punk. Was... PD Rave, may I? Yes. May I, PD? Yes, go um, ahead. Give us some give right. us
1: a, preach. Raven versus CM Punk, the original epic indie wrestling feud. CM Punk, a man that needs no introduction. In 2003, you could already see everything that he was capable of. The man would get a microphone and would set every arena on fire, especially in MLW where he was, for all intents and purposes, the top heel because he was straight edge, which meant he was drug-free, alcohol-free, and better than you. Yes, (laughs) Raven, who... This may be the last documented time in the history of wrestling where you could see that he actually gave a shit about something. And it, it was this feud to make CM Punk, as they say, the guy. It was to put CM Punk on the map. And this crossed over MLW, Full Impact Pro, Ring of Honor, of course, and... You got to see CM Punk with his first kind of straight edge disciples of all people, No Sawa. I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> it's Not No Sawa uh, at all.
0: Yes, yeah, um, No Sawa. So I love and, it. And Joy Stiles said as much on commentary. He's like, I've seen I, that guy I, drunk in a hotel lobby. <laughs> yeah, I have to. That's, I was stuck with his tab.
1: <laughs> and. Again, I got more nostalgia out of this seeing young blonde CM Punk with with blonde hair, the the classic CM Punk basketball shorts which y'all don't know it's nothing about noise. that. You don't yeah. know the you don't know the CM Punk basketball shorts. Let me tell you. And again, and when he wasn't completely covered in tattoos, so this was just wonderful. Uh, complete with a cameo from a very very young Chase and Rance as the referee in this match, contested under straight edge rules. This was just, (laughs) everything about this was just wonderful. Punk was in, in top form as he always is, and Raven was motivated for once, probably never again, and everything about this was just, it it was Raven versus CM Punk. Uh, Hawkeye, uh, the, the Raven-CM Punk feud, uh, what do you know about it?
3: Well, I just want to start off by saying one thing, and that is I'm pretty sure the last time Raven gave a shit was when TNA was like, we're going to make you the champion, and then they took it away from him right before national TV. Like Now now that that's out there, um, actually, I have seen quite a bit of this feud. Uh, Like I was saying earlier, I kind of broke into watching indie wrestling and following it online around this time. And, uh, I mean, it's a good thing Raven and Punk knew what the fuck was going on in this match because Nasawa and Rance did not. <laughs> like, they were just they were the two most confused human beings on this card during this match. Uh it was a it was a good gimmick though for the for the match uh playing up the whole "oh we're not going to do the hardcore shit" and then Punk's like beating Raven's nuts in through the whole thing. Yeah. But <laughs> But yeah, it was uh, it was fun for what it was, but I think it kinda got dragged down by the fact that like half the dudes out there are just like, What the fuck do I do? Yeah. I, yeah.
1: I loved the finish though. The finish was yeah, the, really finish.
0: Well, the finish yeah. was fantastic and, and,
1: and Joey Styles. And Joey Styles selling it. And I yes. quote I haven't seen the heel referee. I pulled my shoulder at two and a half in years. That just I lost that it. killed me. That killed That's
0: me like... Yes,
2: that was beautiful. Swag. What was your reaction to that? And this whole match, the 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 heel referee finish. Those there's something really fun about this, That just because it is such a, it's such a stupid gimmick, but it's so good. It's, and
1: it's, when you see Raven and CM Punk pull that off, you're just like,
2: oh well, yeah, of course they could do that. It's, yeah. it's CM Punk and Raven. Of course they can pull that off. The, my my biggest complaint, and and maybe it was because the audio was so bad, is, is the fans suck. Yeah. Like this, the, the, these were like as in in words of the uh, immortal Rick Fosters been on the show many times. This is a total like Cheeto muncher. Like, this
1: was this, this was the this was the post ECW ECW crowd. Yeah, they, they it was, was so beautiful. bad. Yeah, I they do want to say
0: ECW anymore, and they were just eager to just get themselves over. Kinda of like the
1: one night stand. How crowds. perfect? How perfect is it that CM Punk was was there as a heel? Oh, he was. How so perfect was, was living it?
3: In it? Yeah. How perfect was it that he tried to get a fan kicked out for drinking a beer in the front row before <laughs> the match? <laughs> get him out of here. It's true.
0: Nobody. I love the the moment. Like part of the straight-edge rules. Nobody in the building was allowed to consume alcohol or, <laughs> or drugs.
2: Yeah. I I will say I have not seen a ton of like the super heel punk where he is – he just – he is trying to to infuriate everyone, and it's – he's really, really good at it. Like it's better wonderful. at it than almost anyone. There's, there's he really just, it's so brutal of him just being like, I'm better than you. And, 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 and he and, was and he's, at
1: his worst in MLW. He was at oh, his was absolute spirit.
2: worst. Like, yeah. I, I prefer him, how he sort of became kind of this anti hero character, you know, and just being, you know, fan loved and everything. But he's really, really good at this. And Raven still had it in 2003. Like, he still yeah, had yeah. it. He still had gas in the tank. He could still have a good match, and this wasn't.
0: Yeah, that's why, like, it's funny. Remembering this was one of the big reasons, like, anybody that would complain about the fact that you know in the in the light of you know WWE being under scrutiny for drugs that they would make this straight edge guy uh uh heel uh i would always think well it's cuz he's one of the best heels they've got on their roster you know he he's was one of the, the, best the best at it the best the best heel like he's just the best at it that's just why i mean uh yes they're also really fond of steroids and that company, and they've only reluctantly been uh, cracking down on it. But still, like they used him as a heel because he was so goddamn good at it. <laughs> uh, and and this, th- was...
1: th- this just reminded me of what I saw with MLW and IWA Mid-South at just how good Punk was. And and sometime in Ring of Honor before he became the indie god, where he was just so hated, and it was it was wonderful, just just yeah, wonderful. Yeah, it was,
0: it was just so
2: beautiful. Like like he he managed to get the heat of the crowd and somehow get the heat of the entire town around him, who were yes. not watching the match, but they hated Punk in that moment.
0: Yes,
1: oh.
2: I, I feel <laughs> like
1: I feel like I've been talking about CM Punk for for. A for like a
2: decade, now. yeah, yeah, possibly yeah. eleven years since two thousand three when this came yeah. out. Two K three back when that was cool because that yes. was a good idea. Two K three.
0: ESPN and I also two K five. Still the best football video game ever. Uh, yeah. Random thing. But, yeah, street, I mean, though. we could go on forever about this match. This was a fantastic. Day. This was well. I mean, it was a good match, but these are fantastic people in a good match. A little bit of confusing, but it was fun. Uh, either There's way, But we can move on shenanigans and whatnot, uh, moving on to, I'm going to finally get of this moment because, uh, as we've done, when we talked about WCW before DJM has had a chance to talk about one of his favorite guys, Glacier. Uh, we've had plenty of time to talk about him. I'm going to get to talk about one of my favorite guys. I don't know if I've done it before, but hell, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to talk about one of my favorite WCW guys ever. And that is none other than Norman freaking Smiley, yes. uh, the greatest greatest WCW Hardcore Champion of all time. Screamin'
1: uh, Norman, baby! Screaming Screamin Norman, Norman was fantastic.
0: To this day, I still would okay, I still occasionally break out the quote: "A win is a 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 win." Uh, Norman Smiley was my guy in WCW so much, so many times. Uh, there was, you know, a couple of guys like Lasharoo, Chris Jericho in, in his uh, in his early days. I mean, throughout all his career, but Norman Smiley one of, was one of my guys, and I loved him. Uh, he was in a mixed tag match. I, I, I don't know if this is really the best match for being able to discuss Norman Smiley, but hey, he was in a mixed tag match with G.I. Ho taking on
1: I'm Michael not, we're Shane. Not, we're not going to go there.
0: <laughs> we were talking about t- taking on michael shane who some might know also as matt bentley or uh thankfully briefly as manic <laughs> uh, Oh, he
1: was manic too I yeah for he like was, he was in
0: the, for 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 a minute too long probably uh yeah. and accompanied fra- company to the ring by francine uh michael at the time being michael shane i think uh Kind of giving you that first uh I'm gonna doing the I'm gonna imitate Shawn Michaels gimmick uh years before the Young Bucks did uh or Dolph Ziggler Ziggler. or Dolph Ziggler uh
2: the difference is 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 you're imitating Shawn Michaels in 2014 it's kind of retro because it's like 20 years on from like you know then. Doing it in 2003, it was basically like, I am not creative enough, creative enough to come up with a character, so I'm going to be this guy who is constantly injured on Monday night. Yeah. I'm going to steal yeah, he's my, my cousin. Gimmick.
1: Yeah, I'm going to steal yeah, my cousin's he gimmick. Was. He was Sean's cousin. He is Sean's
0: and, and he also trades him. And he also was trained by him. Uh, But yeah, I, I mean, th- th- this match is probably not the best match in the world, but or not even close to being really a good match. <laughs> but... Let's just talk about the people in it and how, how, how much we love Norman Smiley and uh, actually pretty good uh, Michael Shane was back in the day and Matt Bentley was a uh, his career. Uh, Deej, I don't know, do you have any context of the kind of these guys or, and how much you loved Norman Smiley as much as I did?
1: I genuinely loved Screamin' Norman as WCW Hardcore Champion. Uh, I did not much care for the big wiggle. His run, his run as hardcore champion was pretty much gold. Yes, and Uh, I, I enjoyed Norman Smiley more as the, the cowardly screaming hardcore champion than I ever did as anything else. And this was, this was very entertaining all around. Uh, Seeing Matt Bentley, Bentley Bentleying it up as he did back in two thousand three, or or Michael Shane, because you mm -hmm. know. It was all right. It, this this was this was okay. Francine and G.I. Ho, uh, she she was awful. Just just let me tell you, she was awful. Uh, they they didn't do much of significance, but overall this was okay.
0: Yeah. Uh. Uh. Hawk, what did you think of this contest, and what did you think of Norma Smiley back in the day? <laughs> um.
3: Well, I'll actually, I'll start with Norma Smiley. Actually, I think that uh. The Norman Smiley versus M.I. Smooth I Quit match from Nitro, I think it was, for the hardcore title, might be legitimately one of the funniest wrestling things to ever be done. Just because the whole gimmick of the match was he was trying to quit to intentionally lose the title and he lost his goddamn voice. <laughs> like, so simple, so brilliant. Norman sold it well. If you haven't seen it, it I'm sure it's on YouTube. But uh, this match sucked. <laughs> I mean, just, just, just sucked. I was trying um, to be nice. I got up and I made macaroni and cheese during this match because uh, it sucked. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, guys. The whole uh, aspect of man on woman violence kind of makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh,
1: that it was man. okay. It was it was okay that normal. It, it was a different time. It was a different time, fun. guys. It was a different time.
3: I mean, I'm a huge NFL fan, but don't show me a man hitting a woman. That's all I'm saying.
1: Exactly. It was it was uh, a different time.
2: Yeah, don't. I, will, I will be the one to defend. You can have a really good intergender match. They exist. Oh. This was oh, not yeah. it. This, exactly. was just, this was no. just some girls whose job was normally to be pretty and walk next to the ring and they threw them in the ring. And Kim- they,
0: Kimberly versus JT Dunn. This is fantastic.
2: Not. Exactly. Did, so did it really can, can be done. Fantastic.
1: fantastic.
2: Yes, with the girls like, you know, fight this is back. not going to be it. This was this fucking. Be be no. No, I, this... My, my words were, this is a fucking shit storm. Fuck this match. That was my notes.
0: Like, this uh, it, this existed specifically so that they could do the,
2: oh my god, Michael Shane is speeding up GI Ho! oh my yeah.
0: god, the moral event horizon, but nobody cared.
2: <laughs> I do nobody I do fondly cared. remember nobody. Norman Smiley though from WCW. He just yeah. sort of he managed to look very generic and yet be incredibly memorable.
0: Yes, uh, and the hesitation of scoop slam is always amazing, at least to me. The Hesitation Scoop Slam is always just that beautiful move that's just like, eh. and he has a wonderful accent. <laughs> uh, but enough of my crush on Norman Smiley. Uh, let's move on to a singles contest. Uh, this, I, 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 as we talked about before, another one of those young lions taking on a, 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 a skilled veteran to kind of you know, put the young guy, guy on the map, uh, you had Homicide. I guess this was kind of a continuation of his Young Lions challenge to kind of give himself a permanent spot on the MLB, MLW roster. Taking on uh, Jerry Lynn, uh, this I think was post... Was this post his little minuscule WWE run,
1: uh, DJ I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. These are a couple oh, of first guys. time was really kind of a blur, but I think this was post his run and before he ended up in TNA.
3: Yeah, he was yeah. in uh, WWF in 2001, so. yeah Right after. <laughs> yeah, this is right after,
0: and uh, this was this was actually a pretty fun match, and it actually was wor- it, it it worked for me. Uh, I don't know, Let's go, uh, Patrick. What did you think of this contest between these two guys?
2: So the only recent memory Jerry Lynn match I've seen was from Chikara King of Trios a couple of years ago where he was on his farewell tour, Mm -hmm. which he probably didn't farewell because that's what wrestlers never retire. Um, But like I, I knew of him in the sense that he was, you know, big in ECW and a guy that, you know at least as of a few years ago, was considered kind of a legend. And Homicide was a guy I had heard about, but I'm not sure I've seen a match with him. So it was kind of like, oh, I get to see this Jerry Lynn guy who I've you know, seen a little, and this Homicide guy who I've heard about. So it ended up being kind of what you would expect, you know, the wily veteran, and more sinister minister, obviously, rocking the facial hair. Uh, you get the wily veteran and the young upstart who, you know basically is all heart the whole way and through the match.
1: And I just have to say, it was really weird seeing Homicide a- as the the young guy showing heart. Because for so long, he's been the Puerto Rican strong-style thug. <laughs> he, that, that, see, seeing him as anything different is just
0: weird. Yeah. Not, not seeing him throw this up was weird <laughs> in, in and of itself. Like Not seeing him walk around going like, you know like the LAX thing was weird and and all in and all of itself but yeah seeing him as a young lion uh, uh was weird uh hawk what did, what did you think of the, this contest
3: i really liked this match right up until the finish like <laughs> they they worked the psychology of it incredibly well with you know the whole story of uh you know side kind of, kind of trying to prove his worth against the wily veteran in land and they did they did a really spectacular match, but I really hate the idea of you know doing all of these higher impact spots towards the end and them being near falls, and then all of a sudden, oh, roll up. That's yeah. it.
1: The most devastating move in wrestling. More yeah. devastating than the burning hammer.
3: Nothing the is more up. devastating than the goddamn roll up. It's <laughs> it's true. True. The it's fruit true. roll up.
0: Yeah. If, if it's uh if it's Razor Ramon hard guy in Japan, it would be the Fruit Roller. Boo! <laughs> oh. <Fruit> <laughs> that deserved a boo. Boo uh,
1: this uh, man. I'll,
0: I'll 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 leave I'll leave the gay jokes to uh, Jerry Lawler later on. <laughs> oh God. Uh, but yeah, homicide versus Jaden. Yeah, the the dis the finish was a little bit disappointing. I was I was like waiting, was like I knew it was going to be homicide winning just because of how I was leading up. But I figured it was gonna be you know he pulls out the Gringo Killer, you know you know he whoops him around, pulls out the Gringo Killer, and that would be it. Yeah, but... Or
1: as it was actually known, the Cop Killer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> so let's be
2: honest, is Gringo Killer that much of an appro- improvement in terms of that name? If you think about the typical wrestling audience, you know, the, the stereotype, the cheeto munchers, if you will, it's, yeah, it's way, way different. I, I'm, uh, I i do not know how much y'all watch this program called The News, but some crazy guy shot a cop in Pennsylvania and it is, it is crazy here how like pro-police people are. You know, not, not what, a, a month and a half Start after all that all that shit That's in Ferguson, all, like, oh, how it all flips over right in now. an afternoon.
1: Aren't exactly the biggest
2: fans of yeah. the police. <laughs> I have, I have, yeah. I have what, what we would call mixed feelings, which yeah. I think is the appropriate response. <laughs> yeah, But uh, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> this show went weird places in a hurry, you guys. Yes. <laughs> real, real, real shit. Real shit. Real talk. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, then, let's go from the real talk, and let's reel it back in, shall we, and get back to the wrestling. Yeah. Next match on the show kind of escapes me. Was it the the Extreme Horseman? I think was yes, it, it was the Extreme Horseman. Uh,
0: a, it was a contest for the Global Tag Crown uh, Championships, uh, the Tag Team Championships of Major League Wrestling, Uh it was the Extreme Horseman defending against uh, Steve Williams and his tag team partner at the time. He was doing the uh, let me try to get the right tag team partner to finally get these championships thing uh, at this point. He w- he, th- at this point, it was the Sandman because why not the Sandman? Uh, because reasons. Because reasons. Because it seems uh, like the right crowd for it. <laughs> And, of course, the Extreme Horseman, uh, two-thirds of the Extreme Horseman, exactly. This is the tag team portion. Uh, Steve Carino barred from ringside, uh, as is, as is wants to do. Uh, it was C.W. Anderson, the Enforcer C.W. Anderson, and the blue chipper Simon Diamond uh, with the signature pose. You got to you gotta have, the, you gotta have the flourish at the beginning and the slow motion.
1: Flourish because pro wrestling.
0: And of course, uh, C. W. Anderson, uh, the Extreme Horseman, taking out Steve Williams and the Sandman. Now, what, what content? Hey, is... We
1: we got the Sandman's entrance. Yes, yeah, Sandman's
0: entrance. The was he... weird scene coming out from the the actual entrance
3: and then the going meeting. into
0: the crowd. Then going into the crowd. He usually just wandered in from 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 somewhere.
3: <laughs> he he was outside in normally. It's like oh fuck,
0: so I'm gosh, out now. <laughs> Like you can almost imagine any time EC- in ECW where it was his entrance time, that it was like he's just in there,
1: like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> son of a bitch, I gotta get inside." <laughs> they're playing my, they're playing it, they're playing the song. Shit. <laughs> uh,
0: and of course, he was he was playing it up. He had his MLW shirt on because uh, he's you know he's he's a company guy. He's a company guy. He's, he's all business. Uh, and and he was he was doing his Sandman thing. uh, I'll ask you, Hawk, what was your impression of, I know you had some fun comments to me on Skype, Uh, what were your impressions, uh, the entrance, the match? uh,
3: Well, as I was saying to you on Skype, I just, I love that moment where, like, Sandman cracks a beer, like, wide open, right about fucking waist level. And it splatters everywhere, and then you realize there's two, like, five-year-old children standing right there. <laughs> and he just budweiser all over their faces. E-C-W-E-C-W-E-C-W-E. And then, like, there's the moment, again, that you actually brought – that we actually were talking about as well, uh, where he's standing on the fucking guardrail, and he's got a beer in hand. And he looks down at the guy next to him and goes, how old are you? And you hear the guy say, like, 19 – and nope. he was like, how old are you? Twenty. Nope. Come on, man. No. Wait, show me some like ID. Dumps, <laughs> yeah. He just dumps it on an old guy and continues on with the evening. It's like I know he literally goes like, how old are you? How old are you? Let me see some ID. Yeah, let me see some ID. Sam, <sighs> so cool. was the he was the part of this actually though. Uh, this I'm glad because I watched the show today to make sure you know it was fresh in my head. And, um, one thing that actually ties into something that we did for, uh, the Ruthless Aggression podcast, we st- stayed up late and tweeted a ECW pay-per-view. And, uh, one thing that struck me on that show was, I really wish the Extreme Horsemen had gone further. And then here they were. So, I, I was pretty, I was pretty stoked to see them, but overall, this match was, uh, like, I had to make sure it was going at normal speed on the player because it was it was not the quickest of paces for this show. They, they had to
0: kind of they had to kind of go, go at uh, Sandman and Doctor Steve Williams pace right. more or less. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and I
2: did have the, the wrestling young folks. Yeah, um, uh, I did have swig, the far- another fun.
1: Far- I, I gotta ask uh, y- your your thoughts on on the Sandman. Uh, and
2: he all, has, all that encompasses him. He has the best entrance. Period. He does. What Steve Austin did in WWF but with like a million dollars behind him, he does for the price of a 12-pack of Budweiser and a fucking Metallica song. And it's just and as good. And it's way, way, way – yeah, and a pack of cheap cigarettes. He does it – it's way, way, way more fuck the man than Steve Austin could ever be. He does it so much better and it's kind of amazing. And he's – I mean, at this point, he's. I think I'm guessing he was probably always kind of a fat old man of a wrestler. Yeah. But he had yeah. the best entrance ever, so everybody loved him. Yeah. And he, and he always
1: had his spots.
2: Like yeah, like Rolling he's really
1: Rock, the Heineken yeah. Rana, the my personal favorite, the White Russian leg sweep.
3: The White Russian leg sweep.
0: <laughs> Which is uh, you didn't get to see it, Patrick, but uh, for 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 those for I think Pat for and for those that haven't seen it, it's it's a Russian leg sweep. Except he has he has the Singapore cane in his hand, you know. <laughs> so it is and the white. He, he's
1: driving it down on on their throat. Yes,
0: uh, and it is always a fun moment. Uh, and it's always a cool, kind of seeing the the extreme horsemen, because uh, this was these were the guys that I remember watching. This was the they were the the stable, and this is something I don't really remember a lot of this stuff because it was you know ten years ago. But the stuff I did remember was. Uh, these guys and ultimately uh, the match that I actually give you guys as uh, extra credit homework uh, that a lot of this the main event of uh, this uh, uh, event uh, was leading up to which were sure. games and the you know, extreme horseman versus the Funkin army and all of that craziness and uh, and this, those were the things that I definitely remember. CM Punk, Sanjay Dutt, and the Extreme Horseman And uh, the Global Tag Crown Championships. And this was kind of taking me back uh, to to those times. Can we just uh, talk about
2: how C.W. Anderson, that is either a professional wrestler name or a guy who, like, is, like works at Tractor Pulls. And those are the two <laughs> jobs you can do with the name C.W. Anderson. Or tractor both. Pulls wrestler. Maybe both. Both.
1: If this were WWF in the mid-90s, he definitely would have done both. Yes.
2: <laughs> or he
3: would have been a handyman. Yes. He just goes up with a toolbox and cracks people with a wrench. Yes. C.W. Yes. Anderson, the most dangerous uncle you've ever seen. Yes.
0: <laughs> World's most dangerous uncle. Yes. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, it, it, and and with the with the bald spot to 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 match really like he had he had the hair to match. Uh, he really
3: was working that Anderson gimmick. Yes. Like I could just imagine him backstage. Who wants to shave the patch? Just somebody shave <laughs> me a fucking circle right up here? I need to look like Arn. Let's do this.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that was always kind of a fun thing. It's like
3: really you just
0: decided you just want to be Arn Anderson, really. That's that's your that's your thing. He wasn't even a nope. proper Anderson. Like he wasn't even a proper Anderson. Like mm-hmm. yes, none of them were technically proper Anderson but he wasn't even part of their like fake the family. The only
1: the <laughs> only proper Anderson I know is cheerleader Melissa Anderson. So whatever. Yes. It's pro wrestling.
0: Yes, yes.
3: Uh I it's wonder like, if it's
0: like he wanted out. to make it like the storm. <laughs> But uh, you you, were, you had something to say, Hawk. Huh?
3: <laughs> well, no, I was just like, I wonder if the other Andersons are aware of this goon. Like he's like, I wonder if anybody... He got signed.
1: Like... He got signed. He was in the the WWE incarnation of ECW for like two minutes at least. That so doesn't maybe, mean they're
3: aware of him.
1: I, I'm saying I mean, maybe. We're,
3: like we're talking he's about Arn's a company.
1: Arn is an agent, so Arn, there's a yeah. Kid yeah but uh
3: yeah it's just like it's it's the weirdest concept but there's a lot worse people you could want to be than arn fucking anderson let's be honest
0: (laughs) yes yes uh there's definitely a lot worse people you want to be uh but yeah fantastic fun fun, uh, match and it leads up to kind of the main event uh that you saw later with the appearance of a mysterious uh man in a mask
3: a japanese Um, mask
0: the Japanese mask, who... Uh, I think the way Joyce Styles sold the idea that it was obviously Steve Carino makes me think that it may have been actually been, actually been PJ Walker. <laughs> it may have actually been PJ Walker, uh, which I got to see... Was the,
1: it, the wasn't now. he part of the Extreme Horseman?
0: Eventually, yeah. He joined up the, the, with the Extreme Horseman alongside Barry Windham for War Games. The match that came up for <laughs> War Games. Uh, but yeah, the, the the craziness that followed that. Uh, uh, but that craziness led up to the craziness of the following match. Uh, well, we got to see
1: it? the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels in full 2003 mode with the sunglasses and the cloak and the Ankh-Cross, just complete full Ring of Honor gimmick Christopher Daniels Fallen Angel accompanied by James Mitchell. And this was just... Th- this was another indie nostalgia moment for me, seeing yes. pure original fallen angel Christopher Daniels. It was it was wonderful, and he took on Sabu, the the suicidal, homicidal, genocidal, death-defying
3: the botch King of the Midwest. <laughs>
1: yeah, from from Bombay, Michigan, uh, yes. Sabu, and
0: uh, it's Pantles not did
1: a... the best he could.
0: Yeah, it's not an early 2000s indie wrestling show without a a, a <laughs> Sabu wrestling against medical advice,
1: <laughs> or or Which, it's not a 2000 indie show without Christopher Daniels either.
0: Yeah, he, he so you get King King both in this ball. match. Uh, and and Hawk, what what was your impression of the of this match and seeing uh Chris Daniels and Sabu? <laughs>
3: I just I love that the idea of this match was who can stab their opponent and pin them suitest?
1: Like yeah, it was a spike it's, match. Yeah,
3: it's such a fun concept, but I gotta say, like I've uh, like I said earlier, I've seen a shitload of ECW and I honestly can say Bill Alfonso is one of the most annoying human beings ever put on this earth.
1: I don't know what you but, mean, Daddy.
3: But it was fantastic in this match when he's just looking at the camera. Sabu's got 35 stitches in his arm, and he's wrestling in a spike match. It's like. What a fantastic way to sell this thing. Like, just yeah. have the toothless guy screaming about it.
0: <laughs> yes, and, and, and of course, and throughout the, the whole. Whistle. Match, the whistle. The whistle. Throughout the whole match, you can hear them. They're just trying to wrestle each other, and all Bill says is like, Sabu! Get the spike! Get the spike!
3: Spike, the in the spike. Eye. spike And in how the does eye. it finish? How does it end? Sabu spikes him in the eye. That proves that Bill Alfonso is the coach of champions here. Exactly. exactly. That's the all Madden right. Trophy on this show.
0: Right down the middle, and he, uh, you know, of course I Bill always. Right down the middle, uh, and he spikes him. You know, to a submission.
3: Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to <laughs> Although, to be fair, I would probably give up a fight if you spiked me in the goddamn eye, too.
1: It's like, but, all right, I'm
0: done.
3: I'm done. Yeah. Okay, okay.
0: This, is okay. It, this is it. I'm,
1: I have to, and, I have a... and Daniel said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm giving Gabe a call. Fuck this. <laughs> you yes, clearly want yes. the
3: win more than I do if you're willing to stab me in the eye for it.
1: I'm, I'm going to so, call Gabe. I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm
3: getting the fuck out of Florida,
0: Uh, at least for now, until they. Until I have to come back to Fort Largo for the next event. Uh. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Pat. Pat, what was your impression of? I, I don't know if you've seen Sabu before. Uh-huh. Uh, little
2: bits of him here and there. I mean, how many like like what is with Middle Eastern professional wrestler gimmicks? Like, has anyone ever done it right, or do they always end up being like kind of almost offensive? Like, in the case of Sabu, in the case of Sabu, I mean the motherfuckers was- from 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 the UP. Like, he ain't, he ain't Saudi Arabian even a little.
1: I, I believe he, he's actually from...
2: Escanaba. I Escanaba. I, from, I looked it actually, up on Wikipedia. Isn't Escanaba?
1: <laughs> I, I know he's from somewhere in Michigan. He's a youper. He, he's a Uper. All right, good mm-hmm. to know. Uh,
2: actually, and which is, is basically the polar opposite of Saudi Arabia. Right. Uh, his
1: His uncle, the sheik, was Lebanese. And Sabu's gimmick never really had much to do with the fact that he was Lebanese it always just had to do with the fact that he was absolutely out of his fucking mind more than anything <laughs>
3: yeah. I just I want to point out that if you want to see the Sabu gimmick at an almost defensive level just go back and watch him like on the few weeks that he was in WCW when like the Sheik shows up with a fucking scimitar to be his uh manager and like Sabu, yeah. almost impales himself on the scimitar doing a high spot. <laughs> like, this is the kind of thing that
0: W. That does is like. the
1: most. That is the most Sabu thing I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> That's so Sabu. <laughs> uh, uh but yeah, yeah, it's Sabu back in the day, and of course, seeing Christopher Daniels is kind of. At his peak, uh, not I want, I don't want no, to say. Not peak,
1: his peak. This was not his peak.
0: The, he had he had many years to come to to, to really rise. I think uh, honestly, he he hasn't really dropped off in, as far as talent uh, at any point at, to this day. If there's but, one
1: guy, I would say should be on Monday nights and be a millionaire, it's Christopher Daniels.
0: Yeah, he has not dropped off, but but like seeing him in one of his many absolute fun eras. Which was, you know, early 2000s thousandsies, uh, you know, with the, the full on, you know, two fingers to the air, uh, like, uh, with the with the onk and the, and the cloak was absolutely fun. Uh, but yeah, Chris Daniels, fun
1: stuff. Uh, but moving on to Petey, <laughs> let... you're pretty much gonna have to take this one because I'm just gonna say this right now. I, I don't think I've said it on a Fanny Pack, but I'm sure I've said it elsewhere. I despise Jerry Lawler. So uh, Actually, when I saw him when I saw him on the screen, I pretty much checked out. I despise Jerry Lawler. I don't like Memphis. I, I don't like Memphis wrestling at all. Uh, I can tolerate Terry Funk in small doses. So yeah, I pretty much checked out of this.
0: Yes, we had a bounty match as Steve Carina was barred for the building. Uh the extreme horses called out bounty, put a bounty on Terry Funk's head. Uh Jerry Lawler, uh, you know, the, the consummate professional he has decided to uh collect money and deal with uh his longtime rival all in one shot uh in a bounty match. Um Jerry Lawler, Terry Funk, if you know wrestling, you know what you what to expect here. Uh what what did you guys think? I'll start with uh Patrick. What well, what did you think of this contest? Uh what were your impressions and what were your expectations?
2: So I don't think I've ever seen Jerry the King Lawler in a ring cuz he was pretty well retired from wrestling by the time I was watching. He was just, you know, the 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 attempt to be the funnier half of of Ross King on on the uh, on the mics and sometimes he was and sometimes he wasn't. Um he was in pretty admirable shape for a guy who was well into his 50s. I mean, at this point. But I mean it was it was two old men beating each other up. I mean, that was that was the match you're going to get. I mean, it's kind of kind of the thing they're doing right now with the, the Attitude Era guys in the indies. You know, just two old men beating each other up. Yeah. It, 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 not much more to it than that. Hawk, what, what were your impressions?
3: Well, uh, as I'm sure, I, I think I've mentioned it on this show. I know I've talked about it on one of the multitude of other fucking shows I've done. But uh, I grew up on Memphis Wrestling. Um it's actually one of my first introductions to the concept of pro wrestling was Saturday afternoon on the local NBC affiliate out of Memphis. So uh to see fucking full on evil Jerry Lawler trying to blind Terry Funk here was kind of a treat for me, in all honesty. Um I there's there's really not much more to say about this match. Like it really was just two fucking old dudes wailing on each other. And, uh, for, for a fan of that old school sort of Memphis style, you know, if only because that's what I grew up with, uh, it wasn't horrible, but it's definitely not, I, I would have been pissed if I paid to see it. That's what I'm getting at.
0: And <laughs> which, uh, a bunch of people did pay to see it at, uh, at the, uh, at the event, uh, but it did kind of just, it, it was exactly that, just two old guys beating up on each other. And it it, it established something. It, I think a lot of it, it was, it just established motivation for the, uh, the, the match to come after it, uh, in Fort Lauderdale. In retrospect, I, I, it was right nearby me, uh, at war games, and, and it was kind of a. a
2: and there was no record. one from WCW pissed off about them using war games and two rings and the cage around it. And I'm just like, didn't I? Didn't I see the Ultimate Warrior like make a brief comeback, jumping through one of these a couple of years ago? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, well, and I I know I gave it to you guys as a kind of extra credit work, but did you guys get the chance to see? Of the War Games match.
2: Fuck
3: yeah, I love I, War I Games
2: matches. I did not. <laughs> it's. All I can say was um, the, the ending was kind of hysterical to the War Games match, and what I really want with that whole, like, having the ropes in the middle is I want to see War Games, but with, like, I just want Sanjay Dutton one, like, launching, like, guys like that size launching off the ropes. Across Mm -hmm. two rings, T and I did did a few of those with a bunch of old men in the ring and and some guys who are younger and actually you know can wrestle. It was mostly just let's throw everyone into the side of the cage and hit them with a kendo stick and I think there was a there was a ladder in there somewhere and you know it was it was what it it was. was. was, I'm really
3: glad that uh, Terry Funk's verbal selling came across in these matches though. Because that's yeah. always been a big component in like enjoying a Terry Funk match, at least for me. Like, when you got those moments like Lawler raking the barbed wire across Funk's face, he's like, Oh my god damn I, you fucking glided me, you son of a bitch. Like that's <laughs> that's what makes that match a little bit more fun.
0: Yeah. Him them yelling at each other and refusing to be friends and then like the only idea of them settling things is they gotta teach each young kids a lesson. Uh it's like it, it it was fun for for what it is, but like yeah, I, I I'm not fond of Jerry Lawler either. <laughs> and it's like I I appreciate that he was willing to go to these events and uh be at uh these promotions to kind of promote uh, to help them out, but
2: I just uh, assume he was him. currently at that very moment fighting with Vince McMahon, so he was in the doghouse and doing other things. That's my yeah. assumption. He was in a Possibly. fight with. with with uh, his boss
0: yeah possibly
2: fuck you I'm gonna go beat up Terry Funk
0: <laughs> yeah and I have to say I'll have to ask you guys uh, at the end of the day what was your impression of kind of this event overall I go with Patrick what was your impression of the event overall
2: there was some good in it there was some not so good in it it was firmly in the attitude era in a, in some ways like that that stupid intergender match fuck that Um, and there was some stuff that was super that, that time, but there was a lot of, you know, a lot of really young talent and a lot of not yet old men talent. Like now that they're old and broken and you can't really watch them wrestle. But there was a lot of guys that, you know, 10 years ago still had a little gas left in the tank. And there, there was, and the fact, here's the thing, it's on YouTube. Even if you skip through it and just watch the good matches, you'll you'll have a good time for a little bit. Yeah, There's
0: a it's couple kind of good cool ones there. It's, it's kind of cool kind of taking that trip, the fact that they actually put this up on YouTube for free. For I don't understand
2: what... Like, if you've got an 11-year-old uh, wrestling catalog, 11 years old, and you are not going to, to get paid huge money for it, just throw it all up on YouTube. Like, yeah, seriously. Might be doing, I think that's what the...
0: The, uh, a sign of what they're doing. They just kind of throw it up there. They're probably getting ready to kind of prepare for it. They had-
2: like, you, if you own it, you can theoretically monetize it. You won't yeah. make a ton off of it, but all it's doing is collecting dust somewhere, like, throw all this stuff up there to be seen, especially, like, to, you know, all the indies that have all this, you know, old footage sitting around, like, what good is it doing, like... You know, yeah, exactly. people people love this stuff. That's why you know there's how many old TV shows and movies and stuff uploaded to various corners of the internet.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: yeah. Hawk, Hawk what did you think of of this event overall? Um, yeah, it was a solid middle of the road show. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that really was enjoyable, but overall, like I said at the beginning of the show, it was kind of uh. It was kind of a mix between late-era ECW and early ROH, and I think that uh, that kind of struggled to find where they wanted to be as a company because a lot of the booking choices, and I'm you know, saying this entirely out of context, but it seemed like a lot of the storyline on the show, unless it was carried over from elsewhere, was kind of like, here's some shit happening. Like, stick, something, fuck. And uh, overall, though, I you know I enjoyed more of it than I disliked. It's probably the best show that I've reviewed for you guys. So, kudos on that. <laughs> yes. It's it uh, no CZW. That's all oh. I'm saying. <laughs>
0: Which makes you think that we've, we've been doing you doing you doing you a bit of an injustice uh, in having you on the show. So we might have to. But then again, you've already seen all the awesome. So that's the tough
3: part. You've, changed, hey. you've already seen all the awesome, so. All the hey, time, I, the I'm I'm always down to watch awful wrestling. I fucking the last two weekends in a row. Because no, I'm, this,
1: this is this is the awesome series. No, I am no, making no. a vow to show people good wrestling. Damn it! No, what I'm saying, uh, is to watch good wrestling.
3: you're saying, I've seen all the awesome already, goddammit, it. So what I'm saying is, is don't ever feel bad about making me watch bad wrestling if you guys ever have me back. Because, like, you're talking to a guy that's literally starting a show based on WCW Nitro in a few weeks. Like, (laughs) Jesus Christ, if that's not masochism, I don't know what
1: is. (laughs) By the way, I am going to be on when when the Blood Runs Cold vignettes start.
3: Oh, definitely. I've actually been watching, like, just the WCW on my own in preparation for the show. And uh, the Blood Runs Cold vignettes have started on the timeline that I'm watching currently. And it's really fucking impressive that they ran on for like nine months with no explanation.
0: This <laughs> is like, the, the beauty, beauty it? <laughs> of
3: it. Yeah, like That's every cool. week on every show, a change is coming. Blood runs cold soon. <laughs> and it's like no, nope, no fucking glacier. For nine months.
0: <laughs> yes. It, oh my god. Yeah, it was. Those are some memories. Uh, those are some memories. Uh, but yeah, Deej. This was my opportunity to kind of share a little bit of my wrestling history. Not so much uh, 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 exactly awesome in the grand scheme of things, but a little bit of myself. And this is basically all I had. (laughs) Living in South Florida, what was I have to ask you? What was your impression, kind of what I was able of, of where I started from? What does it inform you about me?
1: It it was, it was a mixed bag. I I will say, in my opinion, not unlike Sanjay Dutt, you deserved better. Uh, (laughs) It was, it was cool to see the the CM Punk versus Raven feud in MLW because that's really when it was one one of the hotter things going uh, seeing young Sanjay and Jimmy Yang seeing a lot of the the younger guys from the indie scene at the time that I really really liked seeing Christopher Daniels, James Mitchell, just a lot of these guys that I'm really really fans of and just kind of going back to that time where I had really got into the indie scene at that point, and just having a little bit of time to relive this was really fun. At the same time, the the ECW stuff and and the old man, the old men later on, just it felt very unnecessary to me because I at the time of this show, the wrestling world was already starting to go in a different direction than what ECW was doing, and it felt a bit tacked on and i'm not surprised that mlw really didn't last very long after
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it was uh it was a a tough transition point for them i think uh if they had recognized they, they were trying to emphasize that idea of hybrid wrestling and uh doing the other stuff but they did kind of uh rely a little bit on the ecw stuff uh but yeah, it was it was what I had. I think I, I it was good that I was able to uh, get that those first impressions of CM Punk. That's that this is the CM Punk I remembered up until he showed up in the WWE because I didn't have ROH. Uh, so all I remembered was basketball shorts and blonde hair. And then he showed up, and then it was you know the, the the tights and the and the the long black hair. But for the longest time, the the thought of CM Punk was always the about the you know the flame boy basketball shorts and the uh and and the bleached blonde hair and whatnot and the straight you know absolute turning it up to 150% heel uh form that he started off with and that 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 nascent you know that, that beautiful raw you know spark of hatred that he you know he elicited from the crowd. So, and guys like Sanjay Dutt and guys, you know, those guys, and those were always the guys that impressed me. Even in this, and of course, you know, seeing guys like Norman Smiley was cool, and hearing uh, Steve Carino. I mean, hearing Joyce Styles and seeing Steve Carino uh, was cool because I, I do enjoy me some Steve Carino even to this day. Uh so seeing some of those guys, hearing Joyce Styles. Do,
1: do you watch ROH now? Do you watch ROH?
0: uh I, I i think i need to get in the habit of doing it uh i need to check i don't have by, by the yet. way
1: everybody roh is good again so yes I'm, yes it is actually uh, uh, I'm, to- I'm
0: i'm i'm i am on the i'm a, i'm on the new streak hype
1: you, you can go back to ring of honor everybody it's it's yes. awesome again yes, it is uh,
0: i'm excited about the new streak uh you know, it, it, it is, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, but yeah, I will be checking out RH's if I, if I can get the chance. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it I, am glad I got to share this bit of my wrestling fandom history with, uh, with all of you guys. So, uh, and I am glad you kind of got, had some fun with it and enjoyed, uh, kind of, uh, participating in this. And I, I'll ask you guys, uh, Pat, what do you have going on on the internet, uh, that we'd like to, you would like to tell people about?
2: Uh, so I do this, uh, music podcast with that, uh, this guy named Petey, Rave, and a couple of our friends. It's called, uh, fa- it's not called Fanny Pack, it's called Record Breakers. Um, <laughs> Ah-ha! See? Yes, yes, DJM did it to me, uh, where we, uh, we listen to an album we talk about it. It's not entirely unlike this, but for music. So yes. we get, we get all kinds of, of good and bad and weird and wonderful stuff, and if you're, a music nerd like the rest of us, it's, it's a good time. You hear a lot of stuff you've never heard before and sometimes revisit stuff you haven't listened to in a long time and we have a good time doing it. So check it out. That's kind of it. Check at it out. At the Swagger right, Podcast
0: At the Swagger. Uh, Hawk, what do you got going on? I know you got a new podcast <laughs> to, uh, yeah. coming up and you got some other stuff going on.
3: Let's see. I've got a lot of stuff. Uh, I've, well, first of all, I'm writing again, uh, mostly, uh, Previews for events for a little website known as the Johnson Transcript. So you follow my Twitter, at Hawk Jefferson, because I post links to that, and that's just easier. Uh, there's also the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. We've always got something goofy going on on the Twitter for that show, which is at Ruthless Podcast. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Botchamania. Um, let's see, Up All Nitro is starting in a few weeks, which is going to be my brother and I reviewing. WCW from Nitro One all the way through to the fucking end. So uh watch for that mental breakdown to happen anytime soon. Um let's Tag see. Me I'm in available- whenever
1: you want, Hawk. Tag me in whenever you want.
3: Oh, trust me, you're we're gonna be calling upon you probably often. So uh there's that. Um I'm available for bookings as if I'm not busy enough. So if you guys wanna have like anybody listening within the fucking range of my voice. Anybody that needs me for anything, I'm here because I'm a shameless fucking promotion whore. But uh, I think think that covers everything. Yeah, yeah, that's it.
0: At Hawk Jefferson,
3: yes. Uh, Yeah.
0: Deed, what do you have going on over at DeltaJulianMike.com?
1: Well, unlike Hawkeye Jefferson, I openly hate myself. So I don't normally like plugging anything that I do, but... You might see me doing a few things for YelmaCon at Kobo Center in downtown Detroit in the not-too-distant future. Uh, Also, shooting the shit with two nerdy black guys, still going strong on iTunes and at DeltaJulietMike.com. And coming soon, it's a little thing I'm calling Anime League Talking Sports Show Hyperforce Team Go!
3: Stay tuned. There's a fucking name for
1: you.
0: Yeah. DeltaJulieMike.com. Uh, DeltaJulieMike.com. Of course, you can follow the show at FannyPackWP. Uh, you can follow me, follow me at PDRAVE. Uh, I'm doing the same old things. Follow the show at FannyPackWP, FannyPackWrestling.com, Rebelli.net. Uh, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, same places as, uh, as we always are. Uh, follow us, share us, uh, give us some reviews. Hopefully give us some, you know, reviews on iTunes, help us kind of get promoted up there. Uh, That's it. Uh, We're going to keep doing this thing uh, on a, trying to be on a regular basis. So you can catch us here live, hopefully every other Saturday. Uh, We'll also have the post-up, you know, audio and video form uh, every other Monday. So that's going to be the game plan going on for now. So that's it. That's it. Until next time.
1: and fettuccine the well
0: my shit is rigorous